My mother believed and my father believed that if I wanted to be president of the United States, I could be, I could be vice president. This is America. Former Vice President Joe Biden has been elected president of the United States. It is my greatest honor and privilege to have been your president. We will be back in some form. We are still deeply divided. Public health experts warned this was coming unless more was done. And here we are now. Are you proud of what happened here today? Absolutely. Never before in American history has there been an uprising like this. Of the 75 million Americans who voted for Donald Trump, I don't know how many today are feeling, dear God, what was I thinking? But I would wager a lot more are thinking, let's carry on this fight. Character matters. It matters. Tell them the truth matters. The 21st century is going to be the American century. Because we lead not only by the example of our power, but by the power of our example. That is the history of the journey of America. 100 years ago this week, the Tulsa race massacre took place. Hundreds of black Americans murdered. Thousands were missing and never accounted for. 10,000 were made homeless as armed white men reduced a prosperous black suburb to rubble as a result of 18 hours of violence. It is one of the most shocking moments in the history of race relations in America. Finally, a century later, an investigation is underway to establish once and for all what happened. And yesterday, President Joe Biden called for America to confront its past. But is that good enough here today? As always, to help us understand is the Sunday Business Post US correspondent Marion McKeown. To hear the entire discussion and gain access to all our episodes, including eight years of feature interviews with the best Irish people in history, this should be the week, I think, that you sign up to patreon.com forward slash Irishmanabroad. I should warn you that some of what we're going to discuss here today will be traumatic and disturbing. But before we get going, Marion, before we get into what exactly happened that awful day, Thank you, first of all, for agreeing to discuss this and what is essentially a, a stain on American history. But is that part of the reason so few people here know about this, that it's such a grotesque and awful moment that there was a reluctance to even speak about it? It was even omitted from local and state history. Is that part of this? Yeah, it is partially, Charlotte, and, and hello to you. But a b- part of the reason it was omitted was very deliberate. So there there were two parts to the reason. You know, I remember being in Tulsa. It was on an entirely different thing. It was on a documentary I was making a long time ago and speaking to people there then. And it came up by accident about this. And, and then everybody was sort of shushed it up. And this was black people and white people. And there is, to this day, like the the black descendants of people who were who were butchered that day and they were say that it was so traumatic that nobody wanted to talk about the survivors the people who remembered were so traumatized they couldn't speak about it some of them were small children amazingly a hundred years on uh, this week there are still three survivors aged between 100 and 107 they were tiny children when this happened and and they remember vividly but others had given oral 
histories back in the late 90s when they were in their 70s to a local historian. And, and thank God the local historian went, went and spoke to them because otherwise there really wouldn't be any first-hand accounts. So it was the the uh, local Tulsa newspapers and the local Oklahoma newspapers, the, the Tribune, the white-owned newspapers basically never wrote about it. After, after this um, reporting that black riots had, had run amok in Tulsa and that people had died and white people had died and they, they literally just never spoke of it again for over 75 years. It was never taught in school. It was never even taught as part, of, you know, during the civil rights awareness of the 50s and 60s and 70s, it was never taught in, in it still isn't taught in a lot of schools as part of, you know, black history in, in America. Um, children never learn about it and there there is a decision. These things don't happen by accident. An absolutely horrific, shameful episode in American history is not scrubbed by accident. You know, th- th- that happens very deliberately. I mean, look, we know it happens here too. I mean, yeah. my son, Michael, heads to school in the UK and the troubles aren't raised. These issues around yeah. colonisation and massacres that the British are responsible for are also scrubbed. It's, a, it's an awful, inconvenient truth. Yeah. And this is like, this is atrocious. When I when, when I dug into this over the last couple of days, Marion, it's honestly very hard, very, very hard, yeah. even for me to, to read it. Take us back to what is regarded as the origin of it, this Sarah Page and Dick Rowland relationship. Yeah, well, it it wasn't even. I mean, the the relationship, and and I even that word suggests that there was something. This young guy, uh, Dick Rowland, he was a young. I uh, probably just to make it clear to to the, the the listeners, I should explain to them what the Greenwood area in Tulsa was and why this was significant and why this encounter, which which turned out to be so catastrophic, why it did turn out to be so catastrophic, basically. Going back to the early 1900s, um, Oklahoma was a territory. It wasn't a state until 1907, and it was part of the Trail of Tears. It was where all of the Native Americans were driven to the Cherokee Nation uh, when gold was discovered in Georgia on Indian land, and they just pushed them all out. A lot of them died on the way, but a lot of because Oklahoma was considered nothing. It was a dust bowl. It was considered not worth anything. So, of course, that's where the Native Americans were deposited. And then after the Civil War in America, after Reconstruction in the South, when, when the North pulled out all of the, the soldiers and, the, the, and left the southern states basically to, to do what they wanted with, with blacks who had been recently freed, with black Americans, a lot of black Americans' lynchings were rampant. There was terrible things happening. And they thought, look, you know, let's go to this territory where, where the Native Americans have gone. Nobody will bother us there. We can set up on our own. So they, they and some of them were actually slaves who, who were slaves for the Cherokees. So they went there. There was there was literally a path that was forged there. And then a lot of black people started moving there to escape the brutality of what was happening in Georgia to, to blacks, you know, who were shot for trying to vote, who were hanged, who were lynched. And they moved there with their families. And you know, literally one and two generations after slavery, they set up a an area called Greenwood in in Tulsa, and they became incredibly prosperous. Now, 
like, as I said, the amazing thing was that black people who had never been had a chance to be educated, whose parents were slaves, were becoming doctors, lawyers, entrepreneurs, business people. They settled in Greenwood and it became known as the Black Wall Street. Really prosperous area. It was about 10,000 black people. It had theatres, it had a library, it had schools, it had hospitals. It was entirely run by and for black people. And it was a really booming middle class area. Now, around the same time, I think Oklahoma became a state in around 1907 or 1908. Now, the reason it became a state was they discovered oil, of course. So suddenly this worthless piece of scrub became valuable. It had one of the biggest oil wells in the world. And so it became a boom town. So it became a state. And then, of course, White people had flocked in and Tulsa had become this town. And, and a lot of people who were in Tulsa, a lot of white people were looking across the tracks because literally the tracks between, you know, Greenwood, which was the black booming neighbourhood and the, the white neighbourhood, which was to the south of the train tracks, they were divided by by the tracks. But the, the white people could see like these black people were they were dressed beautifully. They were driving cars. There were women. There was one woman in particular, Lula Williams. She owned a big theatre, 750-seater theatre. That was also a community convention centre. She owned a cafe. She owned a confectionery shop. Like they, they were, it, it really showed how black people, in, as I say, in one generation, given the freedom and the ability and the space to do so, could just take off. And they were, you know, there were, as I said, there were newspaper editors. There was, there was a hotel there that was regarded as one of the best hotels in America, owned by a black man, a, 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 a guy called Stratford. Uh, the newspaper had a black editor and a black owner, the, the Tulsa Star. So anyway, the resentment was building because, and this is true to this day in America, and you see it, and it's what Donald Trump exploited and got into office on the back of that white people resent black success in America. Now, not all white people, but a significant number do. And they believe America is their country and that anybody else is a second class citizen. And how dare they? And how dare there be a black man in the White House? And how dare there be a black woman as vice president? And that is how. So there, there's a direct correlation between what happened 100 years ago and what is going on today. So there you have it. That's your taste of the Irishman in America for this week with Marion McKeown. Come on over and hear the rest of the conversation by becoming a member at patreon.com forward slash Irishman abroad and enjoy all these conversations in full, including our feature interview every Sunday and our back catalogue of nearly eight years of interviews at patreon.com forward slash Irishman abroad. Ready? You have the cameras rolling? This is America. A lot of people who would probably consider themselves liberal have done very well financially under the Donald Trump four years. You encouraged espionage against our people. You condemn any interference by Russia in the American election. By Russia or anybody else. Russia, please, if you can, get us Hillary Clinton's emails. Please, Russia, please. To renew America, we must revitalize our democracy.